0: I was told a long time ago there are two things you don't talk about in polite society. One is religion. Well, I talk about that all the time, don't I? And the other is politics. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about both. Because that's really the the gist of today's Gospel passage. Sometimes we forget that uh, the Jewish world of Jesus' time was divided. There were various understandings of Jewish law and Jewish practice. You had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the Sicarii, which Judas Iscariot was most likely a member of. They, they were really kind of a, a military group that sought to assassinate uh, anything. And then the, you had the Essenes, which we don't hear about in the scriptures, but we do hear about in history. The Herodians and the Pharisees would have been polar opposites when it comes down to it. The Sadducees would have at times sided more with the Herodians. The Sadducees were kind of the ruling class. Uh, They uh, saw themselves as scholars of the law, uh, even more so than the Pharisees. But in order to protect their, their power, they sided with Herodians, King Herod. Herodians were supporters of King Herod, who was a puppet king. He was not a Jewish king. He was not in the line of David. There was no king identified who was in the line of David in the time of Jesus, which is why Jesus is in the line of David and uh, could be claimed as king. The uh, King Herod was set up by Rome, who, of course, had conquered uh, the area of Israel at that time, some years before that. And in order to control it, they allowed the Jewish people to have a king, Herod, who was not Jewish. He was Nabataean uh, from uh, um, modern-day Jordan, that area, around Petra, if you know where that is, the, the big city carved in rock that was Nabataean. Rome had certain control over the Jewish faith, They would allow or not allow certain things to happen in the temple or certain things to happen, certain feasts to be celebrated. They didn't have a whole lot of power on that. But they also demanded taxes. They did not charge taxes to the citizens, to the Roman citizens, but only to the non-citizens who lived within the empire. And that's how they built their roads and, and communication systems and various other things. At the same time, it was very oppressive. Herodians saw no problem in that because, after all, they had a certain amount of power, certain amount of control given to them by King Herod. The Pharisees, on the other hand, were pretty rigorous. They wanted to live a good life, a life according to the Jewish law and Jewish practice, and they saw Rome as being oppressive to that practice. So you know when the Pharisees and the Herodians come together, It's not good. When enemies unite against someone else, there's something coming down. And so they ask the question, is it lawful to pay the tax or not? Now notice, already you should be able to tell there's something here. If he said no, Herodians would have said he's against paying the, the census tax to Rome. He would have been seen as a revolutionary. And if he said yes, he would have, the Pharisees would have complained that he's not allowing us to live the Jewish law out. He's giving himself to this Roman uh, oppressor. He's allowing this to happen. He's allowing this suppression of our religious freedom to occur. So there's no out, is there? But there is, of course, Jesus being who he is, the Son of God, knowing their duplicity, knowing who they are, as St. Matthew records, knowing their malice. Show me the coin. If you know the Jewish law well enough, you know that there is a law against graven images. And the Jewish people took that so seriously that they would not allow images of the human person to be even made, by and large. And so as he pulled forward the coin, whose image is that? Well, it was Tiberius. Caesar, the emperor. Whose inscription is that? This gets worse. The inscription on that coin most likely, the the coin was most likely of Tiberius Caesar. And the inscription on that coin was Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. Divine, as in God. See, Tiberius had named Augustus his adopted father. Who was emperor before him, as a god, when he died. So, so Tiberius was saying, I am the son of God. Do you see a problem here? There's a big problem. Not only is there the chance that it's a graven image, but certainly by having that coin in one's pocket, one was saying that Tiberius is right, or at least we're tolerating his claiming to be the son of God. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give it back. It's his. Have no part in it. maybe, is how Jesus would would encourage them to understand it. But give to God what is God's. I think that's a brilliant answer, and, and it really does help. Lately I've been uh, thinking about the term everything in its place and a place for everything. When we have our lives not so rigorous that that uh, we're a little um, obsessive-compulsive perhaps about it, but when we realize that things have their place, we begin to be able to avoid certain things. We live in a day and age, and here we are about two weeks from a major election, an election that we keep getting told is the election of our lifetime. I don't know about you, but I always feel like we're just one law or edict away from complete disaster the way it is, this being no different. So often we ascribe to our government things that it's not the government's job to do. We play the game of, if the government tells us something is legal and lawful, it must be moral. Abortion, same-sex marriage, various other, uh, certain certain, um, drugs, let's say uh, marijuana, if the government tells us it's moral, it must be moral, and we forget what God has told us. We, we think that the government is our savior. While we don't literally say that certain government officials are gods, at least anyone that's seen doesn't say that, we certainly act that way at times as a, as a society, that the government is coming to save us. And remember a quip of uh, Ronald Reagan, the most dangerous words in the human language, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Now, the government does good things for us, of course. They provide, uh, the government provides roads and various other uh, social services, and uh, uh, social services themselves for those are, that are homeless or are without food. But the, the government is not our savior. Certainly not the source of morality. I can't think of one politician that ultimately would be a good, fully example of morality, which is sad. So we need to listen to the words of Jesus today and give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to the government what is the government's. So we pay our taxes, we give our consent to certain lawful practices, we... Uh, raise our objection to things that are illegal and moral or moral or unjust. We raise uh, raise our consciousness and we ask them for better examples, perhaps. But we don't give them more. We don't give them more than we ought to. But we do give to God what is God's. So if God tells us this is how you are to live. We say, okay, even if it's opposed to our government. And at times, it might be. We give to God what is God's when we give him honor, when we give him glory, when we tell him that he is our God. And then when we recognize that Jesus is the Son of God who comes to redeem us, save us, and when we then allow that love of God to spill out into love of neighbor. See, the amazing thing is that, ultimately, we know that as much as the government services are important, they're always inefficient. The love of neighbor, for us to be the church, to reach out to the homeless, the hungry, the abandoned, those in crisis pregnancies, those who are struggling with particular issues, when we ourselves can do it, we can do it so much more efficiently. To give to God what is God's means that we live as God has invited us to live. We're called to make a rendering of our lives, to put everything in its proper place. As important as this upcoming election is, we have to remember that in the grand scheme, eternal life is much more important that we render to God what is His. And as we render our vote, we render it to those that would help us to live the way that God instructs us to live. I thank God, personally, that we're not running around with coins in our pockets that say, the Son of God. But how easy it is for us to divinize the government or divinize money to make it a God. When we remember that God is God, we are not, and no human institution is, then we will live a life that is well rendered.